This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I am your host, DJ Spider. Welcome to the show, you guys. How are you feeling? I hope everybody's feeling good out there. This podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. BeatSource is the new digital music service for open format DJs, and you need to get up on there. We've got BeatSource Link, giving you the ability to DJ off the cloud. We've got a locker system if you don't have access to Wi-Fi. Uh, we've got playlists constantly being updated by the, our amazing curators and DJs. There's so much going on on there, so many new things constantly being added and integration. So uh, if you have any questions, any thoughts about it, keep in touch with me. Hit me on Instagram at DJ Spider, DJ SPI. I-D-E-R. I am out there. We are out there. We are out here. We out here, man. Yay! Hope you guys are feeling good. We are getting back to gigs, getting back to in real life gigs, uh, as well as Twitch, as well as all of that. Let me know what you're doing. Also, rate and review this podcast so we can keep it growing on the charts. Hit us on the Apple Podcast Store and rate and review it. It'll take you a second to help us out. Uh, we are available on all platforms. YouTube, you can watch us. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, all the clouds, every cloud. Check us out. Um, thank you guys for listening, tuning in week after week. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm so glad we are getting back to IRL, real life gigs, and all that stuff. Um, and now I want to let you know about our guest today. Our guest today is the DJ, founder, and CEO of the artist agency Nona Entertainment and a co-founder of Woman Collective. She kills it in the private event scene, and I mean kills it. She has, does some of the most amazing gigs all around the world. Um, and she really stands for a lot of issues that she feels strongly about, and she's not afraid to speak her mind. I respect her for that. In this episode, we really get to know her background and what led her to the success that she has had to date. Uh, she drops a lot of gems that DJs and business owners can learn from, as well as some amazing stories from her past gigs. Uh, good and bad, you know, learning uh, stories and just amazing, like, wow, I can't believe that happened type stories. So tune in to listen to that. We discuss how we as DJs adapt and have adapted to what's been going on in the pandemic and now the transition back into in-person gigs, what that's been like as a uh, booking DJ business, you know, a, a DJ business owner who books DJs as well as a working DJ. Um she was also featured recently on Forbes.com and InStyle Magazine's 2020 Badass Women issue, along with 49 other badass women, including Nancy Pelosi, Billie Eilish, Judy Chicago, uh, so many others. Kelly Clarkson, Dakota Johnson, a lot of dope women up on there. Uh, she deserves to be on there. Um, although she has a deep love for 80s and 90s hip-hop and pop music, her ability to read a crowd and mix old with new has kept her top-tier clients coming back for more, and they are always coming back for more. She knows how to really do her thing in that world. She's currently one of the most in-demand DJs for major Hollywood award season parties. Anytime there's an award season party, she will be there, or some of her clients, or both. All right, so check her out. And that's including the biggest stuff out there. Golden Globes, Screen Actors Guild, Emmys, Academy Awards, Grammys, all that stuff. 
And like I said, she is the only DJ to spin for the Recording Academy, the Grammys, eight times in a row, I think maybe nine times by now, on Music's Biggest Night Recording Academy's official Grammy after party. That's huge. She tells us all about that on this episode. Her work as a DJ, her work as a DJ has taken her around the world, packing dance floors for top-tier entertainment publications and companies, including InStyle, GQ, Vogue, Vanity Fair, Marie Claire, Entertainment Weekly, Paramount, Fox, Searchlight, Warner Brothers, Hulu, Viacom, NBC Universal, Levi's. I mean, the list goes on forever. And that's just like a few of them. I know she's done way more than this. I always see her up at uh, Sundance Film Festival and Toronto Film Festival. When I'm up there, she's doing all the dopest parties uh, and private parties for various actors, industry leaders, musicians. She has also appeared, this is a pretty good stat, on HBO's Entourage as herself and performed multiple times on the number one national morning show, Good Morning America. I had a great time getting to know her better, and I'm really excited for you guys to check out the interview so please welcome DJ Michelle Pache to the show. Let's go. We are here. It is the 20 podcast and we have got Michelle Pache on the show today. Give it up, everybody. That's right. That's right. That's right. She's in the house. The crowd is going crazy. We're still doing it remote, so we've got our remote crowd hiding in the bathroom, cheering like that. I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> you can feel the energy. I know yes. you've been feeling the drive-in energy lately of the cars honking, but I, I just wanted to give you that real crowd feel right there. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so happy to have you here. We've been trying to make this happen for a few months, and it, it, today is the day. I'm so excited. How are you feeling? I'm so excited to be here with you, Spider, on the 20 podcast. Yes. yes. No, I've been nudging him for months, you guys. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited to talk all things uh, DJ and June 2021. We are here. We've yes. arrived. We've made it through, y'all. Oh so, God. yeah. We are here. We did make it through. I know. So, it's, it's like you said, June 2021. What are things like for you? Like, what has the DJ world been like going back from virtual back into real life or both or what's happening on your end of things? I am like, drive-ins have not ended. That's still happening. Streamed events are still happening. Right. And the corporate events where we're in person drinking a cocktail, having a dance floor are still a few months away. We're not there yet, you know? But yeah. we're getting there. I believe it. We're getting there. June 15th will be a big day. Let's see what happens there. And then I think by September, we'll have some of those, you know, corporate in-person hugs and, and dancing back. I think so. I'm feeling it. I mean, especially like you said, June 15th seems like this day, at least for Los Angeles. We're both based in L.A. Um, a lot of our big events are in L.A., although both of us travel a lot. But um LA is kind of what we're judging that June 15th date off. I know people listening in Texas and Georgia and wherever, like Florida. What are you talking about? Florida, Texas, Georgia. <laughs> that whole area down They've there. They've been living their best life. I know. Yeah. They're like, what do you um, mean? We're 12 months in. But yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, what was it like? I guess let's talk about from the beginning of the pandemic, like around March, um, 
you know, you were doing tons of events and we'll get into it. You have a company, Nona Entertainment, a, a great DJ booking company, and uh, you were doing tons of events all over the world yourself and booking other people. March hits. What happened with you? How did you sort of transition to the virtual events? You know, I think there is, a, it's true. You like fight, flight or freeze. And yeah. I tend to go into fight mode. And I just started reaching out to clients, FaceTiming with clients, nudging clients. A lot of clients were nervous about the tech. And I'm not a techie person, but I know people that are. And so if a client was scared of a streamed event, let's get them on the phone with tech. You know, let's talk about how easy the tech is and we can get through this. Yeah. And just trying to like, really stay in touch and push the business. I, you know, I think you have regrets no matter what. Should I have taken off and gone to Florida, Texas, <laughs> Georgia, and live somewhere else for three months, you know, and, and like just chilled for a while? I, I truly question, should I have gone and soaked up another state, another city right. for a few months? But um, I, I kind of went into work mode. Obviously things got, I mean, our work got slashed by at least 75%. Um, and then drive-in started popping up. And so now you're DJing while cars are parking, cars are being parked on cement lots. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The Rose Bowl might be behind you or the Grove and you're overlooking your beautiful city, but like you're still park, you know, DJing while cars are parking and the sun is setting on a cement lot. And it's just a different vibe than, the sexy environments that um, event producers usually create for these dope parties where people are sipping champagne, I guess. And, 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 you know, just con conversing, connecting now they're in their cars. I, I really push clients to have speakers outside of the car. So at least like audio wise, you can get outside of your car and be connected that way. I think it does make a difference. Um, even if you can't, you can only leave your car for the bathroom. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I know. I think, in a way, I don't know if it helped you, but Twitch helped me with the driving thing a little bit because in the same way, you don't know who you're talking to on Twitch and you're like, okay, I'm talking to chat room. You're talking to just car headlights and you're just like, it made me more comfortable to be able to, cause I thought I'd be very nervous talking to a huge parking lot at the Rose Bowl or a place like that. But I was like, all right, I'm just talking to a bunch of cars, like flash your lights. Just as weird as saying, send some bits or something, right? <laughs> 100%. I, I have told so many DJs, you know, Twitch is getting us comfortable for these spaces and yeah. comfortable on the mic. Like what Mike, our client, so many of our clients don't want us on the mic a lot. These private right. events, these, you know, a list, whatever, they don't want us on the mic that, and when you're in um, a pandemic, which we've never been before and, and DJing to cars or a stream, you know, creating connection and community is what it's all about. Like people were craving connection and community. So, you know, honk your horns and flash your lights is like stand up on the back of the banquette with your hands in the air like that. You're communicating to me and letting me know you dig this. Uh, you know, let me hear you. I even went into like, here's my IG handle. Send me your request. And my, it lit oh, up. Wow. And I was doing um, Little Fires Everywhere, which is 90s, Shaker Heights, Ohio. And so I, you know, I'm like, send me your 90s request. And my IG lit up. Like I was actually streaming and I'm like, I got to check my IG and stop streaming off my phone. That's when it was like IG store, IG live right. streaming before Twitch, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's before a good idea, DJ actually. Twitch. 
Yeah, before yeah, before DJs were all up on Twitch. I know. I mean, you were one of the first people I saw to be doing not only the virtual events, but the in-person drive-in things last year, probably about one year ago. You were you were getting into some in-person things when it was safe, and then I know it kept going up and down. Um, I think we've had nine or ten projects, so I feel super lucky, and I really tried to like get a DJ in, you know, get DJs in for at least one set to see how they reacted in this space. And, and they, then they know what they need to work on and what works for them. And clients can kind of figure it out too. Um, and you and I have had these conversations lately with, with some projects of like, you know, the clients really want um, the DJs that are communicating with the crowd and that can get them um, comfortable and, obviously play a great set too but right. but i think the microphones become so important totally and like you said these the type of events that we usually do um they <laughs> don't want you on the mic you know they want you to make an impression through the music and through the vibe and the dancing but the mic you know yeah. they don't want you on the mic screaming at the people and it was such a big change of like <laughs> are you good on the mic can you say these things and also giving you a script to say where you have to somehow make announcing that the bathrooms are in the concourse and to throw your trash away sound cool. <laughs> so, I don't, that, you know, that was a, that was a challenge. Listen, um, but we, it's like, do you want to work? It's, it's crazy, right? We are literally talking about where the bathrooms are located. And I try to hold that off to like the last like 10 minutes before the set's totally. ending. Cause we want to create this vibe and, and don't want to go there so so quickly but uh the, you know it's humbling it's humbling right it, it, it is humbling. humbling and i think that like you said some some djs get turned off by it and and do that defensive thing like it's not for me you know or i'm not that kind of dj or i'm not a techie okay maybe none of us are but you have to step up and like <laughs> you said you're not a super techie person you weren't quick to jump on the s9 mixer or something like that um no, I'm not saying anything. It sat in my house for a year before I used it. It was literally a gift of, um, what, 2018. I gifted myself the S9 mixer, 2018 Christmas. So then COVID started, what, March 2020. That's yeah. when I opened. That's oh when I God. plugged in my S9. <laughs> I was a rain, a rain. Uh, yeah, I was right. a rain girl. But that just shows, you know, you still stepped up to the plate. I was saying this to you earlier. You stepped up to the plate, uh, whether you're a techie or not. Like you said, do you want to work? We have to adapt. And in, in the same way, we had to adapt when Serato came out and when open format became you play house music and all these different things. You know, yeah. um, it used to be so separated. So it's just all an evolution. And everything that you think is annoying that you don't want to deal with is probably teaching you a lesson for the future. In the same way, Twitch yes. is awkward. When we got the drive-ins, I was so happy that I was been doing that I had been doing Twitch because it did help me. Yes. I mean, you know, and, and this is I'm sure you've talked about this a hundred times, but the community that we've created on our own Twitch streams, right. right? And just having that conversation that we're my first my first stream on IG Live was me, I was like, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> and I was like, but I'm gonna throw some music on while I clean. And I didn't leave my turntables for an hour. And then I started on it, you know, because it felt really good. I wanted to connect too. It's, it's, right. it's all of us. Um, so the yeah. conversation starts, even though you're singing and typing. And then I, I try to get them on Zoom. I got my crew on Zoom twice. But I found that I was like so nervous because they were so not 
chill. You know, they were just like not um, as casual and they were a little, little, I was double drinking for them. I felt like from the <laughs> beginning of, of, of that Zoom because I was like, please loosen up y'all. Anyway. Right. I digress. You mean it was like a fun event or like an event like that you got booked for? It was my Saturday streams. It was oh, like right. my Saturday, like nobody's watching party. And I was like, let's do a Zoom so we could all see each other. Yeah. Bring props, you know? Right. And um, and they were just at the beginning a little like they were just um, more tightly wound. And I so I found myself drinking like extra. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it. weird. Yeah. Have, anytime you have a camera on you and a microphone you get weird as a human being. So, I mean, that's just normal. And, and through this pandemic, it's gotten more normal to even just do interviews like this. And I see it with like my son, you know, he's eight years old and it's kind of very normal for him. We'll DJ his school events and he like has the zoom up and he's shouting his friends out. He's like, I see you, Wesley. Oh, let's go. And I'm like, how are you so good at this already? Because it's, the, and for me, it's awkward, you know? So it's like the eight-year-old can just adapt to the technology because he's been doing school for a year like that and they're used to it. Yes. Yes. So that's, that's that. <laughs> but so glad to see things kind of coming back and um, the drive-ins are our first taste of things. And I know you even were flying around doing stuff. I saw you go out of the country. My... Um, so there was an event for last year that got moved to this year and, um, and then it was in St. Bart's, which is, um, a French, you know, it's a French territory in the Caribbean and we, uh, it got, it actually got canceled a week before my flight and two days later got put back on. So there was a lot of back and forth, but it happened I give it up to every event producer that is getting things greenlit right now. Um, it's a major deal. And it just, yeah. you know, I like teared up multiple times um, getting out of the country, hearing another language, using euros, and then playing while people are dancing in, in the sea in front of me, in the Caribbean Sea. And, you know, then we did a night gig and people are jumping in the pool at 1 a.m. and screaming, at the, singing at the top of their lungs. Like, I just haven't had that. So I, I, it was emotional. It really lets you realize the things that you were possibly taking for granted before and appreciate what we have. It hits the senses, you know, that haven't been hit in so long. Um, uh, and there's other senses that, you know, there's other things that have happened that are so beautiful coming out of quarantine for sure. But, uh, but being, being back, uh, going to, uh, the Caribbean and the whole thing. It was, uh, I mean, goosebumps. Yeah, I know. Just seeing your little, the Instagram stories, it looked so amazing. <laughs> and I know even doing my first drive-in thing, I was like, that, that was, I got such a rush. I felt so pumped up. I felt so great afterwards. And I know it's not the yeah. ideal gig for every DJ in the sense of they want a crowd or something's weird, but um, I love it. I love the fact that we're just safely getting back to normal and doing things. Um, and, yeah, and I think that some of the venues even, you know, I really, I just think we had such an opportunity, especially last year, to really offer community and connection to people that haven't had it and are so craving it. And so when, when they wouldn't allow the speakers outside or when they wouldn't allow honking, I, I was, I, you know, I, I really tried to nudge the clients who were, you know, pushing back at times um, strongly or just saying, like, do it until we're told otherwise. Because I do think um, people responded and, and, it, and it did hit 
the senses. So I think it's, you know, I think music can hit hard. And I think that those gatherings um, really uh, created something special in those moments that we needed. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Music is the basis of all of this and the basis of all the community and the basis of our passion and job and everything. So it all plays a part. And um, people that got to come to the drive-ins even told me we had so much fun. We didn't think it would be this much fun. And, and they're honking regardless, even when they said, are you telling me don't have them honk? When the show ended, they all honk. That's their way of clapping. They want to feel yeah. the, the connection, like you said. Um, yeah. So cool. Well, we'll uh, a little bit later in the show, we'll get into all the amazing events you've done and all that stuff. Um, but before we go there, I kind of want to learn more about how you started. Um, I know you're from Youngstown, Ohio. And uh, people that are from Youngstown yeah. are very, uh, people that are from <laughs> Youngstown are very, proud of that i've noticed it's like uh there's a lot of like really cool people from youngstown uh for some reason i don't know what that is maybe you do but that's yeah i mean youngstown has a lot of pride it's a small town like a hundred thousand people when i was there it's now even smaller but um but you know it's 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 blue collar working class people um you know and i and i definitely think it's gotten more diverse and changed but there's a lot of um old school uh, ego, bravado, pride, all of the above, you know, um, associated with Youngstown. And, and I'm so glad I was raised there and didn't know anything bigger. And I'm so glad I live in Los Angeles now too, you know, but I go back a lot. So how did you make your way out to Los Angeles? I graduated from college in, um, Cleveland, Ohio. And, um, you know, a couple of friends, I had never been to LA. I had been to San Francisco and friends were like, you want to go out West? What are you doing? And I called a friend who lived out here and, uh, she had an open bedroom in our house. I thought about it for the weekend and I called her back and I said, give me a month just to save money. Yeah. Cause I, I can't ask my family for anything. Cause they, I, I was thinking about moving before to, and they were like, you're going to have to start paying for this, 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 and this. And I got talked out of it basically. So, right. Um, I drove my little Honda Civic across the U.S. Wow. I wanted to do it by myself. I knew somebody in almost every state. So I made it into like an eight day trip and I didn't have a job yet, but I was a, you know, recent, I was, um, I, I, uh, majored in accounting for two and a half years, then marketing and logistics. So yeah, moved out, um, got here and, and kind of hit the ground looking for, for work. Nice. And so what did you first, um, start doing <laughs> once you got out here? <laughs> um, I worked like temp jobs and then I worked at, I worked, I moved to Venice pretty quickly cause I lived in Woodland Hills, which is like suburbia, Ohio yeah. at that time. Right. And I moved over to, um, Venice beach, a, a block and a half from the beach and a little small bachelor pad and worked 25 hours a week at a place called big Dean's two, which is now the whaler. Um, nice. and lived very modestly. And, um, and then I, you know, Ed O'Neill is from Youngstown, Ohio. And he, um, you know, was on a show called Modern Family on, or I'm sorry, it's called Married with Children on Fox. Right. And so he had a long relationship with them and he got me an interview there. And, um, oh, wow. I didn't get a PR job like I wanted, but I got a job in affiliate promotion. So working with the marketing managers across the U.S., and did that for a year and a half, loved, loved it, but I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. Went into PR. I was a talent publicist. Um, I worked with, you know, Britney Spears when she was at her peak, um, uh, Justin Timberlake for a minute, um, Matthew Perry, um, 
Kate Blanchett, a bunch of, you know, I, I worked with amazing artists and really learned about hard work in the PR world and uh, started moonlighting on the side. I went to a music festival, saw some female DJs, looked up and thought, I could do that. And you know, that's when I used to go to the clubs or the bars, you know, five days, three, five days a week and listen to AM um, and just watch his fingers and watch him, him in these dirty little bars like around Robertson and stuff. Yeah. And um, and and like Opium Den and just, yeah, it was before he even blew up. And I really um, I hadn't seen many female DJs. And then I went to this music fest. I saw this this girl bouncing around and I thought. I could do that. And I made myself wait six months because it was a major investment for me at the time. Right. And I still wanted to do it six months later. I bought the turntables. Still, still my first set of turntables right here. I love it. Yeah. Still the same ones. And, um, and you know, I was working my way up the PR world and I had a boyfriend and, and my turntables were collecting dust, honestly. And all these people, the guy that sold me the turntables at Sam Ash or whatever, and this person, that person, like everyone kind of flaked. And um, I was at an event. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal was hosting an event. Matthew Perry was hosting it and uh, or Shaquille O'Neal was putting it on. And I was introduced to Spinderella and she was like, so nice to meet you. Really cordial. And then she's like, wait, you have turntables at your house? And I said, yeah, but they're collecting dust. She's like, I just moved here from New York. Here's my number. Call wow. me. <laughs> and I stayed on her. I stayed on her. You know, I remember screaming, calling my best friend, driving down Wilshire Boulevard. Cause who else could I have met to be better you know, to kind of lead me, um, and give me some basics. And, and, and then she mentored me, um, then right. Spinderella, like the most commercially successful. Yeah. Oh my God. I so mean, that, yeah. Like even w when I was very young, seeing her and salt and Peppa, you know what I mean? I mean, they, they were yeah. standouts, you know, huge stars in the rap scene and with the, you know, women making their way in, in that scene and, um, <clears throat> having her as a, as a female DJ, I mean, that's unbelievable. That's so cool. So she became your mentor and someone that helped you learn the skills yes. as well as the business part of things. Yep, for sure. I just watched how she conducted herself. Um, you know, we would sit there, do beat juggling, you know, just she taught me the basics of, yeah. of getting out there. And that's when we were on real vinyl. Right. And, you know, um, and then I got my first residency at Ledoux. I'm sorry, Las Palmas, Las, Las Palmas. And um, because DJ Vice didn't show up for my friend's birthday or didn't call them back. And so they were like, Michelle, will you come and do it? I was like, okay, you know, like you, you, you have these first opportunities and you're not quite ready for them. I, I mean, that wasn't my first, there was, there was a first, but like my first gig was a corporate party for Alice and Olivia. And I didn't have even enough records to cover the time. I was, <laughs> you know, playing a couple of songs twice and I had my friend go rent equipment at, at SIR and stuff, but you just, you have to say yes. Right. At some point you got to say yes and yeah. make it work. Yeah, totally. Fake the funk, I guess a little bit um, and make it happen. And so anyway, yeah, I, uh, make it happen and just show up. That's yeah. been the number yeah. one thing, yeah. the running theme of this podcast of every successful person that's come on has told a story in one way or another of showing up, <clears throat> excuse me, of showing up and just being there no matter what, you know, because 
Yes. There could be the things that make you feel, oh, I'm not ready. I can't do it. I've got to wait. Yes. Just show up. It doesn't matter. Just show up and make it happen one way or another because that's what's going to lead to everything in your life. And I think that's what it shows. You know, you did the gig. You didn't even have enough records and you did it. And <laughs> DJ Vice didn't show up, <laughs> even though yeah. he's someone that did show up for a lot of things. Um, but right. uh, his not showing no, up the one up, time but- helped you out. <laughs> That's yeah, no, he didn't call my friends back after he told me to do it. And so they were like, can you do it? And that led to my first year and a half residency at a cool wow. spot, you know, yeah. and um, we were Thursday nights at Las Palmas. And and so I think that, um, listen, I didn't I from the time I bought my turntables, though, I didn't do my first uh, out of the house set until a year and a half later. Like I was I was like. Yeah. Very, you know, these people like kids that now like buy them today and are out there tomorrow on, right. on controllers and stuff like you now I've got certain things about that. But but I do. I took it slow. And then um, I was moonlighting. I would literally because I lived in Palms in Culver City, near Culver City. I would, you know, I would I would drive, walk a client into a premiere, some, you know, go take a nap in the McDonald's parking lot on Sunset in my car like go set up my turntables, get the client into the after party. And like, like I would, I would just make it happen, you yeah. know? And that's when we're, we got crates of records and all of that. So listen, I'm glad for those days. I'm, you know, builds, builds character and builds strength. Definitely. You, you need that. You're paying dues really. And you're proving yeah. your worth yeah. and like the, your, that you should be in the game. You know, you put in the work. Yeah. Also the turntable thing, just to go back to that, I have my first turntables too, and they still work. And so many DJs do. I'm like, Techniques needs to tap into some campaign where they interview all the DJs about their first pair of turntables because I bet you 90% of them still have them, if not use them, you know? It's crazy. I'm with you. I um I went to, to side story. I went to... um. Uh, Burning Man, um, like five years ago. uh, And everyone was like, you can't bring turntables there. I was like, oh, but I don't play on CDJs and I'm not doing a controller. So I'm bringing turntables. They're like, no, no, you can't. And so I went and bought a second pair of turntables because I was like, I'm not going to mess these up. Right. Right. And went on the playa to multiple, like there was a windstorm. I'm like covering, I have a cape on like the whole thing in front of like an art car with my turntables, but in, you know, my, my computer's wrapped in, in like all this stuff to like, so the nothing, no dust gets into it. But, right. um, and when I got home, I cleaned those turntables. They're in my attic to this day, but like, I like, yes, give it up for techniques. Like yeah. we got through it. It was amazing. Amazing. So. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. And, and that story is great. I didn't know any of that stuff. So that's so cool to hear. Um, so from there, um, you know, you really have made a huge name for yourself in the private event scene, as well as your nights at the dime where, uh, and other clubs around. But, you know, I think in LA, it's well known that you, you did the dime with Tendaji, Lathan a lot and yourself and played dope 90s hip-hop 80s stuff funk you know just great good soulful music whatever it was with a probably a hip-hop main vibe (laughs) in there right um and then you do events you've had this career in events where i mean you've traveled the globe doing so many amazing events so many different types of events for different types of people and different genres how did you decide to kind of get into the event world. I mean, I heard you say that your first gig was the Alice and Olivia, you know, and, and you come from the PR world. So I think 
you maybe had a vision of that more than some other DJs who seems like a lot of DJs uh, come in and go to bars, you know, and just kind of do that. And you were able to be in that world. When did you decide that that was your main focus and you wanted that to be your DJ path? I, you know, with, without knowing it, my PR job really <clears throat> did set me up pretty well yeah. for, you know, cracking. There were only like six D- female DJs even, or, or there are probably like 10, 12 there were probably like a dozen DJs that were doing the Hollywood parties back then. And, and so it was a small crew and, you know, because so many, um, um, event producers and, and whatnot were trying to get my clients to their events, they knew me. And so they gave me a shot, right. you know, and, or we were friends or whatever, but the real switch was, cause I, I was doing clubs. I was doing Winston's. I was doing crown bar. I was doing, yeah, uh, you course. know, going to other places. And the real switch was, um, when, I'm a hip hop girl at heart. I love everything 80s, 90s, but I, I'm really a hip hop girl. And so when clubs started turning more EDM, electronic, house, you know, EDM and electronic, like I was like, I can either fake the funk or, you know, sit this one out and wait for this bubble to burst. That was that was my mindset. And, you know, who knew that that was going to last for so, so, so long and infiltrate pop music. And, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I think there is a return to, to hip hop, you know, in the clubs the, the last so many years. But um, I, I just really at that point was like, I'm going to focus on corporate and and I'll wait this out. And, you know, from traveling to Europe, though, over those years, too, I've grown to love house music more. I just was like, I don't know the origins. I don't know the roots. And I'm I believe in that. I believe in that knowledge and, and that being in your blood to a certain extent. I, you know, I really believe in playing what's in your heart. And from traveling, though, I've gotten more and more into like deep house. I, I've always called it funky house, but it's deep house, vocal house, um, that kind of vibe. But yeah. uh, that's how I really focused on on corporate and and started going that direction. That's cool. I agree. I've gotten I've always been into dance music, but I've gotten more into house in the sense of like, yeah, if it's soulful, as long as the music is soulful and funky, I like it. You know, and I'm a mm-hmm. hip hop head too, mm-hmm. but I'm open to everything. And um, yeah, I hear you on the the house music and being able to incorporate it. I think the EDM stuff or you know whatever the buzzword is for that, but that was just the big room Vegasy type stuff that doesn't always yeah. fit in in the corporate events or in a small Hollywood club, you know. Let me tell you though, I, you know, and I see you guys out in Vegas and I'm like, oh, that looks like so much fun. I did a corporate event. I don't even want to say who for, but like two years ago, probably the summer before, you know, the pandemic. And, um, what room is that in Vegas where the chandelier lowers and raises? Omnia? It's like a, it might have been Omnia. It might have been Omnia. And, you know, I'm like DJing a corporate gig, but there were, there were a lot of people there. And it was so much fun, high energy. And then I'm like, what's that button? And he's like, well, that's the, um, uh, what do you call it? The, the light, you know. lighting thing. <laughs> yeah. No, Chandler. the gas. The, oh, the, the cryo, the, the cryo. The cryo, the cryo. Yeah. See, I don't even like, cause I'm not around these things anymore. The cryo. <laughs> I, I ran that cryo out. There was none left by the time, like so during my fun. set, I was like, this is so much fun. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is what they're doing over here in Vegas. Okay. Oh my God. I know I've but, been in, um, in Atlantic city and they give you like the gun thing that shoots it out. And I was like, yeah. I'm not going to do that. And then by the end, I'm like, like shooting it. Like, here we go. I'm timing it. This <laughs> song is perfect for this. 
Um, so it is a couple fun. cocktails and you're down. <laughs> exactly. <right? laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it's fun. Vegas is amazing and it's its own thing. And, um, it's definitely a good time, but, uh, yeah. but, but I think, you know, this podcast has shown that there is a place, there are so many different types of DJs and everybody can find their own yeah. place yeah. to be quote unquote successful in their own way there that there's not one path and everyone especially with social media looks at each other and goes well I should be doing this or should I be doing this and I think it's important to really stick to your own path mm. and I think you're very good at that and representative of that you know you're not afraid to speak your mind about all types of social issues issues within the DJ world um even things at your gigs that you want to have happen, you know, environmentally and, and different stuff. And yeah. I think that's important. And also you've carved your own path in that corporate world um, to show, you know, and, and to inspire and empower other women and other women DJs, I think, which is important and something that might get lost in the, in the shuffle sometimes. I think, I think there was a point, you know, I mean, I remember saying, I don't want to be a 35 year old DJ, you know, and, right. and then you start questioning, you're like, but I'm still hitting plateaus and I'm still loving what I do. And, and what about ageism? You know, like, I know. Uh, who, why am I looking around me for someone else to take this on? Like I, we're all setting, we're all pushing the boundaries. We're all setting the norm. Right. And, um, and so, you know, and, and what you're saying about like, supporting each other and, and there's enough gigs for everybody it's i think as you grow older and mature and evolve you start like like my e we all have egos are we got to check our egos and be like you know when i'm like damn i wanted to do that gig for jay-z or whatever yeah. and then i'm like no let me like that and give love for that and and and, and things come around and things leave and things comes back and all of that and just really trying to like take a big sister role on. I really made a conscious decision to take a big sister role on in the DJ world and not fight that. And, and be, I used to be a hater. I, I used to be at the dime and being a hater back in the day. I mean, Ryan, Ryan best will, you know, know this. I, I, I was a proud hater and I just, <laughs> you know, I grew up like, yeah. right. I grew up, I evolved. I don't want that energy. And sometimes I can be funny with that, but like, I really, you know, try to be like supportive community, community, um, even, you know, and I know we'll talk about touch on this, but like getting us together during this time, cause we don't, you know, the DJ community doesn't have, like, we're not organized. We don't have a union. And yeah. I really think that it's important, especially during COVID to like, feel like you're part of a community and support each other. Um, and, and so when, when gigs, when you see gigs and, and all that, that you don't get, I mean, I just, I really use visualization, didn't know I was using visualization for years, but I visualize, and I think from, since I was a kid, a fire, literally visualize a fire under my butt. <laughs> and when something like irks me or I didn't get something or I, you know, like I'm competitive too, but like, I just throw it in the fire. I literally do this and, and the fire, the flame gets bigger. And then I like, if I, if I didn't have, you know, cause working like this, there might be a week, there might be a month that you don't get a lot of gigs. And I literally throw that anxiety or whatever into the fire under my butt and it gets bigger. And I, make lunch appointments. I go out and hear other DJs gigs and get inspired. I have conversations with DJs, like, all, you know, whatever it is that I, 
that I need to do that is maybe not working, making a check that night, but it is lending itself to my career. That's great. That's great advice. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) That's great. That's such good advice. And that's such a good way to put it because we all have egos. We're all competitive and we all get anxiety around this. And this is the life we have chose. And so, you know, you have to figure out a way to deal with it. It's going to cause that kind of stuff. And we've all had our different ways to deal with our mental health or whatever you want to call it. But I think that's a great approach to it is just literally picture it like, you know, I always say that it's going to light a fire under their ass, like that kind of thing. You got to do it under your own ass and you got to throw the things into it to make it bigger and push yourself along um, rather than you can go the opposite way and let it burn you up or let it just Mm. make you want to crawl into a hole and think what's wrong with me. And I think the fact that you can admit that you were a hater or you went through that and um, now you're at this point in your career and in your mental outlook on everything, that's very important, you know? So, thank you. I, you know, I, 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 and I will admit this, like many years of therapy and working on compassion and, you know, evolving as a, as a human. Um, and, and, you know, I've, I speak up about other things such as like animal captivity, um, and against animal captivity and, and, um, equality and, and, uh, social justice. And, you know, I, I do believe, I don't believe just like shut up and play. I don't believe that. Like, I remember the beastie boys getting up and talking about, the rapes and sexual uh, misconduct at Woodstock. And I remember people saying like, why are they talking about this on the MTV VMAs? And I thought, when do they have a bigger crowd? When do they have a bigger audience? You know, and, and I'm inspired by that. I, I do think we should use our platform. So. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Um, and so your company, Nona Entertainment, uh, which, you know, we alluded to a little bit before, but um, like you said, you've, you've continuously progressed and evolved and gotten mm-hmm. the big sister role or however you want to, uh, say it. Um, how did you decide to actually start Nona entertainment, which is your booking agency for other DJs, uh, and you provide, you know, whatever these event planners need from you. So I had, I always represented myself. I didn't have a manager or an agent. Um, I was just doing it for myself. And then, you know, as the gigs get bigger, people start reaching out to you more and more. And at one point after some of the Grammy gigs, um, I think maybe year one or two, um, and I was on good morning America and like doing these things. Right. So I, I had some meetings and I was going to go with one company and, right the day before, um, that book lean in with Sheryl Sandberg was coming out and I heard an interview with her on like 60 minutes or something, right? It was literally the night before my meeting. And I thought, why am I going to go and hand over all my contacts to this company? Like that's, that's kind of crazy. And like my client at this company is not going to want to talk to anybody but me. Like they're so used to just coming to Michelle, you know? And, and so I went into the meeting next day and I even think a friend went with me. I can't remember who. And I, I remember they pitched me and then I said, okay, I'm so cool with, I'm down with coming in um, and you guys are presenting me, but I also want to run your, your special events division. I want to run it. And so we went through this whole process. We were in contract negotiations. We were like about to sign. And then they said, oh, we can't agree to this one term. It was like something that affected the money. And we were stuck on it. And I just kind of froze about it. I was like, I don't know if I should give into this. 
And literally within two or three months, they shut their doors. And, you know, my, my attitude was, I think I need to go in-house with a company for like a year just to see how they run things, yeah. right? I need to see how they do things. And then I was like, Michelle, you've been doing this yourself for, you know, basically like 14 years, 13, whatever. It's like, just do it your way. And if you have questions, it's okay to be vulnerable and to ask this person or that person or whatever, you know? Yeah. I'll figure it out. And so... That's when I decided to start it. Other people had said to me over the years to do it myself. And I was just like, I just need to go into, you know, because I grew up in corporate America mindset. I was from Ohio. Yeah. I was in a business school. I was a business, you know, I was undergraduate, but like I was in, in business and I just thought I had to be in that. But it's like these these walls and these boundaries we put in, you know, around us. Right. Yeah. And around our reality. Right. A lot of times it's just you versus you. You know, you're the one creating those constraints. You're the one creating the situation that doesn't even exist and the reason yeah. why you can't do it. And, and it's that perfectionism. Oh, well, it needs to be the right situation or the right timing when no, it doesn't, you know, just go ahead and um, you're just scared to do it. And so if you just burst through that fear or hesitation, then you'll probably surprise yourself, which it seems like, you know, yeah. you've been doing good with it um so oh that that's cool so cool to hear you know that that's how Cheryl it Sandberg yeah Cheryl Sandberg <laughs> people hated on that book too I was like that it, it inspired me you know and it started Nona which is named after you know Nona is is the name for Italian grandma and I I took one of the ends out though and put N-O-N-A I was raised by my Jewish grandmother, um, who was like the world to me. And I was trying to think of like a cool name, like as an ode to her or something. Yeah. And there weren't a lot of, I forget the Hebrew name or whatever I was thinking about doing, but I, I, am also, you know, I'm also Italian. So I, I took the Italian name for grandma and, and just took one of the ends out and made it simple. I love yeah, it. So it means grandma, the, the DJ company means grandma. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. It is so cool. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's amazing. And yeah, Sheryl Sandberg, I mean, she's a boss and she's been through so much crazy stuff, you know, and I, um, I haven't read that book, but I've heard good things about it. So I might have to check that out, but that's so cool that 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 interview on 60 minutes, that interview on 60 minutes is what, is what put a little, it made the fire bigger under my, um, under my, am I allowed to swear? I don't know. Yes, we can swear. We can swear. Under my ass. Yeah. (laughs) definitely say ass. Um, right. <laughs> that's so cool. And so, um, as far as that, like, how do you decide who you want to represent and pitch, uh, DJ wise, um, on yeah. Nona entertainment? Well, um, so I do things a bit different and I, and I made a choice to, when I started, I was like, my career is still like, full. Right. And I had an assistant, um, at the time, Sam, who I'm actually having dinner with tonight. And, um, and, um, so, you know, she was with me before I started Nona and I, I was like, I need someone in New York that can do the same type, type of corporate gigs as me. And then I'll branch out from there. So I, Alex Morrell was my first person and she was literally internal Nona. And then I decided to do differently. I was like, listen, I feel like so many of these DJ bookers say, here's my roster of seven DJs or whatever. They're all open format. And I just wasn't a fan of that. I'm like, who plays what from their heart? Does this DJ play funk and soul better than this DJ plays like new rock better? Like we can all do a nineties hip hop set. Sure. But like who plays what truly from their heart? 
And I want to focus on that. I'm not a fan of this, the label open format. Um, and so what I did was and to take some of the pressure off of me who has a full career and I didn't want to completely lose my mind. I was like, I will book DJs non-exclusively, have non-exclusive contracts, do the same percentage across the board. So it's all fair. And, you know, now I have like over two dozen DJs with non-exclusive contracts. So I can really say who's the best musically, who's the best energy behind the turntables Um, Right now, it's like, who can be on a microphone sometimes for some of these gigs? Who's the best with the client's personality at times? Brand crossover matters. Like, if this client stands up for the environment and stuff, then put them with this brand that, like, is an environmental brand. All those things matter. I actually look, like, at money (laughs) down the road. Like, what? Because it's all negotiable. I try to really enforce with my clients, negotiate with DJs, you know? If it's a week before the gig and they don't have something else, they might take it, you know? like Yeah negotiate but i'm also trying to push them to like i i'm all about fair wages you know equity all those things so um that's how i run nona i i i really i everyone's um non-exclusive basically at this point and a lot of people hit me up a lot of people come to me a lot of people have come to me over the last 15 months and i'm like oh do i have to tell another dj that there's not a lot of food on the table right now (laughs) um (laughs) but you know, but there's, there's definitely little pockets that I'm like, I need someone who, who really, you know, represents that vibe and that, 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 um, can really do that well. And that's what I'm looking for. I, I, and I, and I really want, like, I have different mottos every year, like keep, keep turntables alive has been one of my mottos. Keep quality DJs working, you know, because things get really um, Instagram heavy and a focus on that. And I, I really want to make sure, you know, um, that we're, that good DJs are, are, are continuing to work. And I'm just one of the little, the pieces of the pie to like, that has a platform to do that. Yeah, I know. No, you're good at pushing all those things. Even like keep your rate, keep (laughs) the rates up, you know, and like that kind of thing. I mean, um, it's, it's good to have, you know, you're good at standing behind your causes, I think. And that's, that's commendable yeah. and res- you know, I respect that. Um, and so just probably some people are wondering that are listening that maybe aren't as much in the private event scene or maybe in their, um, territory, they want to know the best way to do it. What do you have like a best practice for getting in with the event planners or some, thing that you've learned over time or with following up or tips for pitching yourself or DJs? I mean, when we started, right, we had like, like mix mixes that we yeah. would share. I, I still think that those are important. I use Mixcloud. I don't really promote it a lot. I really only put them up when like clients need them, but right. I do think that I share them with, with clients often. And that you want to mix that that is corporate friendly. You want to mix, then uh, there's multiple genre, you know, types of corporate events. There might be background loungy vibe. There might be a, a dance party vibe, but corporate friendly, you know, yeah. you want those to be on there so they can hear you. I think that's a really good thing. Um, and just reaching out, I, you know, um, or, or even if you know some DJs and you're willing, I still think, you know, um, let's say a client only has a certain budget and I'm like, let me have this DJ open up for me and let me come on at the end. If you really, or, you know, sometimes I'm like, we can put an iPod at certain points and then have the DJ come on and really focus your money on the important parts. But like, I also think having 
opener DJs is a great idea still. Um, yeah. if they, you know, want that. Um, and, and, you know, social media, right. It's a time suck, but it is free marketing and it is, it is a free connection. So go on to event planners pages, like their comments or like their pictures, comment on them, keep at them and then reach out. Like they're, they're noticing, they're going to notice. I really believe you know, people appreciate when you support them. And then, you know, if you can get a shot in there, great. But I think going through like some of the DJs or the DJ bookers is probably a great way. Um, and, and having mixes up on SoundCloud so that I have something to show the client and I have something to listen to. So let me watch you at a gig um, is, a, is a great thing. I just had to book something uh, with some DJs that I don't represent. I don't have any um, that of what the vibe and the visual and all that, that the client wanted. And so I was really, I was searching through videos. I was watching, I was looking at their Instagram. I, I am looking at their Instagram and seeing, you know, and then going on their SoundCloud or MixCloud to see, you know, can they bring this like vibe that the, the client wanted um, so that I can pitch then. I usually pitch like two to three DJs for every, um, every gig. And right. I don't really give a lot of comments. I, I send the links I bought until they ask me, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. It's that- like out of sight, out of mind. Like if you just play the background, no one's even going to remember you're there. There's so much noise going on in the world. So it's good to be active like that and to have your best material out there as well with the mixes. Yeah. And it's hard with that because sometimes yeah. they'll ask me for mixes and every gig, you know, you're getting special requests for it. We want this type of music or this type of vibe or someone was asking you something at that point in the gig. So if you put up a live mix, it doesn't translate, but it's still good to have up there. And more and more, actually, there were, for a while, people weren't asking for mixes anymore. And now I feel like it's kind of coming back. I still will go on every once in a while. I mean, I, I, you know, I do work with a certain level of people that like, I know what they can do. I think the clients, yeah. know, like your, your name, you know, people know you, um, they, they, you've got a reputation and, and that's what we, but we started somewhere. I have yeah. little CDs. I had oh, press yeah. kits, hard press kits, but I like literally am cleaning out and putting in my attic right now. Cause they've still been in my desk. Like, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, I used to fit as many CDs as I could into all of my pockets without my pants looking really weird and like be like, I got to have these ready. Even if I have five and I would judge like, who can I give this to, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. 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 So yeah. And, and it was easier back then because people had a CD player in their car and they're like, Oh, I'm going to pop this in, you know, now yeah. on the way home overloaded. Um, that's so yes. cool. Um, and so, okay. Apart from Nona, uh, you also have another, project collective type of thing that you do call but it is a collective right it's called Mm -hmm. woman collective um can you explain a little bit more about that what the goal is for it and what your part in there is and all that so i am in partnership with um three other women two are djs one's an event producer anna calderon daisy odell and kate mazuka um and we really gathered um uh to we wanted to open our own brick and mortar nightlife space we wanted to make nightlife um just change the vibe we wanted to make it a safer space for um those who are not always safe in the nightlife space you know there are people are still getting roofied people are you know there's bad behavior in nightlife there is you know and um 
And so we really wanted to take that on. Um, and we were on the road to doing that. We had some bumps in the road and we kind of, we started um, more so joining with different companies to help them create spaces. We actually um, joined, uh, we did a space at Coachella um, two years ago now. No, we we're, we're, yeah, two years ago because right. we didn't have last year. Um, called everyone. And so there was a space on the camp, on the grounds and in camping where you could go. Like if you go, if you're freaking out because you're overstimulated, you've been sexually assaulted, you got in a fight with your friends or your partner or whatever, or you just like, whatever the need is, once you go to, um, the paramedics, once your vitals are, are, are fine, they can't help you anymore. So you're sitting there in the paramedic tent while people are possibly hogtied, freaking out, being brought in front of you and you're not okay, but they can't do anything more. So we're there with, you know, around the clock, um, uh, counselors, we have like weighted blankets and, you know, oranges and aromatherapy and coloring books, like anything you might need to just like take a chill time out. Um, if you need some help, if you need, you know, anyone from the organization, of course we can get them to, or, or, uh, you know, the police, but we were really there to support, um, where medical can't support any longer or things outside of them that, that hasn't been looked at. Um, yeah. and these spaces are really like, um, stagecoach. I mean, that was the first time that a lot of people had been at a concert and the same artist, um, who was at the, the, the Vegas shooting, he performed at stagecoach. And so a lot of people were very triggered wow. and we had, we were there to, to support that, you know, whereas where you just, where do you go? You sit at a crowded, crazy, dark, a lot of people are on substances, um, space, you know, yeah. uh, suffering. So we've, we've worked with them. We've worked with other, um, music festivals, um, to, to co-create these spaces and, um, you know, uh, kind of advise in that, in that direction. So that's where we've been at. We've been, I, I'm going to be honest, we've been quiet during COVID. Um, you know, I have a call with my partners tomorrow to kind of regroup, but <clears throat> you know, just like we're there to support others. I think yeah, we've all been figuring out how to move forward. And three right. of us are DJs and one's an event producer who is super creative with her company, uh, Bespoke Bohemian, and, you know, trying to really figure out how we're all moving forward and, and making sure we're okay. So we, yeah. we are in contact. We, I did host, um, we did host, uh, some, um, IG live conversations with a ther therapist, um, just having like an actress ask questions about like, how do we make it through this, you know, at the beginning and stuff. But, but we've, we've kind of, we've really been quiet and yeah. other people have stepped up. Thank God. <laughs> Because we, you know, we haven't, <laughs> I'm calling it out, but right. you know, we're still That's together. Okay. Yeah, I mean, sure. look, I think you're good at acknowledging things, admitting them, and then trying to work on it. It's mm -hmm. better than trying to fake yeah. something or, uh, you know, lie about it or whatever, yeah. you know? So um, I think that's, that's a good quality and it's not like you guys have just dropped it. Um, and I think what you've done in the past is great. I do think that festivals moving forward, I think there's going to be some triggers. And I think a lot might yeah. come up from all of this. And I, you know, that was the first year Coachella invested in that. We had gone to them the year before. Um, and it was just, they weren't going to invest and it was too late. And, and then 
some things happened. And yeah. so they, you know, they got it together and made it happen. And it was a great collaboration. Um, and, and we saw a lot of people that, that were, that were, you know, that needed some, some extra support. So that was good. That's great. What are some other yeah. things that you would like changed about the music industry or the DJ industry? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you're laughing because uh, wow. there's a lot, but okay. <laughs> you don't need to go I mean, too crazy. You know, <laughs> I would like, yeah, I mean, gosh, um, you know, I, I'm all about equity. I would like to see more female producers get the spotlight sh- shown upon them. I don't produce, but I, you know, I, um, I have a lot of respect for that, but I, I just mm-hmm. want to keep like quality music out there and, and quality DJs working and, and us to not undercut each other. I'm not a huge fan of controllers and like, there's just, there's so many shortcuts these days. And I get in conversations with many DJs about this and, you know, I, I tend to stick to some of the old school ways. If it's not broke, I got 10 other things that I need to put my time into. So why mess with it? But, um, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going on to a, um, a talk next week. I'm not part of it, but I'm going to listen about NFTs in the future of music. Like, what does that mean? I don't even, right. I, I, you know, yeah. I, I don't I mean, even we, know what that just, means. We've discussed it on this show a bit for different people <laughs> yeah. that were more into that, like tech wise, but I think it's just the yeah. beginning. You know, I think it had this huge boom and everybody was like, oh, that was crazy. Now it's dead. It's like, yeah, right. That's, that was our vision into what this can be. Um, and I think people also look at it as like, oh, if you're not selling $72 million, you know, $8 million things, it's dead. No, it's not. People are going to be able to make a living off of this and do different things. And I saw right before we started recording, one of my friends who's a graffiti artist, uh, from a long time ago, you know, when we were coming up listening to hip hop and he's like, I just sold something and it didn't look like it was for a crazy amount, but it's for a good amount of money. And to be able to support yourself like that, I think is yeah. important. Um, and it can make you know, help connect the communities and people that, that have certain NFTs as part of their collection or buy into it. Um, we can create these social communities using the NFTs or even the social tokens and the cryptocurrency the way um, I saw someone like they're having a crypto week in Miami right now. And someone created uh, a guide of all the best things to do. And they put in so much work to it and to get access to it, you had to hold, I think 10 tokens of their social currency. So in that way, you've supported them monetarily and supported their thing. And Mm -hmm. now you're part of the club Mm -hmm. with other people and it's other people who have had to spend some money to be a part of it. So they're probably going to care about it a bit more. And then you're also able to support the people in a Patreon ish way, you know, where, um, they don't have to rely on advertisers or someone that's going to control their message or put some ad or weird sponsorship within it. So there's a lot of potential and things that will come out of it. I think. I, I just hope we have a lot of like uh, sensory experiences coming out of this. I think, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I've heard you talk on a couple of the podcasts about like, what if, what's changed and what's changed. And I, so some of me is like, I don't know that I've changed that much. I, you know, like I still want to do like some of the same parties and, and all this stuff, but I, I'm hoping that we as humanity evolved, right. And are like living on a start living a more present um, mindful experience. And I do even think like this, the, the songs 
I'm not one to like, you know, always think about the words and the songs and get too glitchy. Like this, yeah. it gets a little cheesy to me about that. But like, I have a folder that is like, you know, COVID requests, COVID, just COVID period, because like songs that like some of the words just hit in a different way right now, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think that like the experience is coming out of that, but like, how would I want, the, I, I hope the music industry evolves. I hope nightlife. Ah, uh, I mean, I hope we have great fun parties and that, <laughs> and that people don't get roofied and people are safe, uh, you know, not to be like a downer, but like, there's a lot of crappy stuff that goes on in nightlife. And I just, I, I, we need to like look out for each other. We yeah. need to look out for each other, you know, and there's a lot of crap going on right now. And, and the pendulum always swings when, when, when yeah. we're moving to evolve, there's going to be a, a force that pushes back. So you've got to like, keep on, keep right. on. Yeah. Keep that. on. No, I, I agree. Yes. A and people are sort of ready to party, but also I think they're <laughs> like crazy. I mean, I've just been seeing at clubs and things and you know, there's been some violence going on. I think Pe people don't have their social buffer. It's almost like we were used to being out all the time. So we were used to dealing with either annoying people or different things and we could do it. We we're so used to being home now for a year yes. that it's like, it's like we haven't worked out or anything. Like we immediately go back I into it. And so you, you have to deal with other people and it's jarring. It's like hard. It's to, awkward. You know, yeah. Like I want to say like, it is awkward for everybody. Yeah. I I've been out more in the last few weeks and I'm like being social and yep. I'm like, this is awkward. I'm, I'm like wanting to sneak out sometimes and totally. it, we're all there. We're all on that. So you know, we just have to, we're getting, I'm going to say it, we're getting vaccinated for a reason. Like we have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And, and, and the more you flex the certain muscles again, the, the more it's going to like, you know, feel comfortable. Yes, I agree. We don't, we don't talk about vaccination, but I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I mean, I got vaccinated. Well, that's what I'm saying is that everybody's yeah. like, you know, oh, well, you're vaccinated, but you got to be careful. And of course we got to be careful, but yeah, why did we go? Why did we do that? Let's we got to push forward <laughs> at some point, you know, I think yes. it's, I mean, and plus like I went to Vegas last week or a week, about a week and a half ago. And I mean, it was a shock to the system coming from California because it made me realize that we're very over the top here, which is why everything became very safe after a while, but still, um, you can move forward safely, I think, in certain ways. And we have to accept that. And, and the thing with the vaccination is also everybody's like, will you get it or not? Well, the whole good part of it is that you can get it and survive. I think that's the main thing is that we, yes, we don't want yeah. people to get it, but we don't want people to die. So if that's what it prevents, then that's a good thing. So let's go with it. <laughs> And I should put a PSA, like when we were in St. Bart's, everyone from the party had to be vaccinated and tested before they got on that plane. Yeah. So, you know, I'm down with if that's the way it is for, for a minute, but yeah. that's going to be a tricky thing that corporations need to figure out if they're going to ask for vaccination records. And I think some are making a policy not to, um, Right. And, and that whole thing. But, but if you're vaccinated, you should, you know, you should be yeah. good. Well, how are they going to prove right? it? Even Vegas, I checked in and I was like, Hey, do I need to wear the mask? And they were like, no, it's the honor system in Las Vegas. I'm like, what does that mean? And they go, well, you, 
Yeah, that's literally what she said. And I go, well, oh, it's the and of all the places to claim the honor system, it's kind of funny because it's all gambling what and security. What happens in Vegas and, stays in Vegas? Yeah, yeah. And like guns and, and cameras on you, and they don't trust any move you make. Um, so they're like, but, you know, we trust you if you say you're vaccinated. So you don't have to wear the mask. But, I mean, 98% of the people are not wearing the mask. I don't know if 98% of the people were vaccinated so i did hold my breath in the elevator but um <laughs> i was like brushing <laughs> little covid particles off um yeah it's it's crazy um yeah so your website um i checked it out before we went on it's it has so much information and i love how you list so many of your past events year <laughs> after year after year i think i did that for a while and i sort of fell off and after looking at yours i was like man i wish i would keep doing that because it's amazing to remember it i don't even remember a lot of the things i've done over I, the past 15 years you know so um i'm going through all my my hard press right now and i i'm like i don't remember doing that gig yeah. in new york for gq like right. That was dope. Um, I know. Yeah, Isn't that crazy? That sometimes. Yeah. yeah so, I know we sound really obnoxious right now. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just, well, I'm just giving, I look at it as yeah. anyone listening. It's not a bragging or a showing off thing. It's yeah, a thing yeah. of keep track of everything you do because you forget. Even a lot of yeah. stories I've told yeah. in the past, we were like, oh my God, that story you told, it was great. And I'm like, I don't remember. Like, I don't even remember that. Yeah. And, and I don't remember gigs I've done or people I've worked for, clubs I've played at. And, you know, I, I don't know. I guess, I like you said, I didn't expect to. I figured at 40 years old, you're not DJing anymore. You know what I mean? But that's ridiculous. But in my head, yeah. as a younger yes. DJ in my 20s, I'm like, yeah, you can't be like the 40-year-old DJ. You're so old. You know, and now I'm like, oh, those 32-year-olds are looking very young. So it's like a weird... <laughs> You know, you know, but yeah, first of all, one thing like our names are on the back of our computers, at least most of us. Right. Yeah. So people are reminded who you are. I, f I forget people or, you know, you meet so many people or you like, I remember vibes more than I remember exact names. Like I know your vibe. <laughs> totally. That's what I say. At least that's so funny. Um, that's true. <laughs> I also think like what you're saying, um, you know, ageism is something I thought we were on. I, I was like, that's the next session. That's the next social movement. Like in, in the end of 2019, I was like, that's the next social movement. And we're, we're going to, we've got to all like kind of stand up for it. And then, right. you know, COVID hit and there's, you know, multiple uh, social injustices that came, you know, since then. And, and that really needed um, support. And, yeah. but I think we're going to get there. I think that's going to happen. And, you know, um, you know, and, and historically, I think men have DJed much longer than women. And obviously there's a lot more, but, um, but let someone like Spinderella and, and some of the, 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 um, women that have come before me and, and, you know, like we just have to all keep pushing forward. And, and as long as we're still doing it, um, and, and even like, you know, DJs who are pregnant and, and doing it that way. And, and I, I applaud them. Like, you know, not letting anything hold them back. Uh, yeah. It's pretty impressive. I uh, um, yeah, I agree. I support all that. And and the ageism thing is funny because as we get older, it's like the thing is to like make fun of yourself for being old. Like I don't know that music, or I'm around those kids. But really, not everybody feels like that, or it's not really like that anymore. <laughs> we're all online. We're all mm -hmm. yes, we're older, yeah. but um, I agree. There's, it, it's, it's not so black and white in that respect. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, sometimes the age 
can help, especially in our business with the knowledge of music and different things. And you look at people like D nice. I mean, he's about to do the Hollywood bowl. He's become the DJ yeah. of the world, you know, through Instagram. Yeah. And he's not the youngest and through person good ever. music, through good music, and through good, music, good quality, right? soulful, that he loves. soulful, connecting music, universal music that everybody can connect with. Um, so I think yeah. that should teach a lesson in one way or another, you know, and kids are always going to have a different outlook on things. Like when they first get into stuff, you know, with, with music and have more of a nothing to lose, I guess, type of thing where they can do it with, with stuff. But, but yeah, I agree. It's, 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 that is somewhat of an antiquated way to look at things in this year. A lot of the events that I book and, um, the, you know, the, the age range of the event, I need a seasoned DJ. I need somebody that really knows how to, you know, work that room and take them from the first drink, the first three drinks, you know, and, and, and take them, guide them on that journey to a dance floor or to, you know, letting loose, um, in a schmoozing room or whatever it is. I, I, I know that there, it takes experience to know how to do that. Well, yeah. as far as like the big list that I talked about on your website that people can check out at uh, djpesh.com. Um, it's Pesh, by the way. It's Pesh. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm I apologize. <laughs> I, I apologize. Okay. And, We're good. Okay. I, I've like said your name wrong for, I've known you for so long. Okay. djpesh.com, Michelle Pesh. And I apologize because pronunciation does matter. Um, for real though, I'm, I, I'm sorry. Um, so djpage.com, uh, go check it out. She's got all of her stuff on there. And, um, out of those events, um, do you Mm -hmm. want, is there one or a few that you're the most proud of that you can remember? Yeah. You know, people always ask you what's your favorite gig, right? Do you have like that one? Do you have the one gig? Do you, do you? Uh, it, It depends in, in certain I guess I've got certain gigs that made me feel like, wow, this is a turning point or I had built up to this, yeah. you know, and from here, okay. we're going off from here. So, and then after that, yeah, there's just ones that stand out in my head that were just absolutely nuts. But um, yeah, I think in the sense of maybe a turning point type of gig or one that you're very proud of that you were able to be a part of that you felt made a difference uh, one way or another. <laughs> There, you know, first of all, I just want to ask one more question. Like, did you ever find yourself traveling for a gig, you know, or maybe traveling in first class to some crazy location, whatever. And you're like, this must be what DJ AM feels like, you know, you just had a little slice of that. Like I've, I used to, you know, have that, that thought and, and, uh, you know, that, that made me very excited, but, um, you know, I think that there are, are, are little blips. I love the dime. I love when people walk in, you know, over the years I've been spending there since 2004, I think. So, you know, people walk in and see like white girl playing like the dopest hip hop stuff and, 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 you know, come up and give me love. And, and I've gotten, I've gotten marriage proposals at the dime. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, no. That must have been a really good set. (laughs) It's really good set. Uh, Or they just drink a lot of vodka. Um, No. um, That's amazing. I, I love, you know, I have, my heart is warmed by spinning there because I've, I've, you know, over the years gotten to spin what I love so much or spin with people that I love and adore so much. Um, including Tendaji, Devin Lucian, Brian Fowler, like, 
um, so yeah. many people, Brian Best. Um, so yeah. I, I, you know, I think when I did the Grammy parties, it's like music's biggest night. I've done it, I think, nine out of the last 10 years. I exactly. skipped the year that it went to New York. Yeah. That is a major, like that's, I, I have a green room at the Grammys. It, I'm on the red carpet, like Amazing. walking it as their, their, you know, ooh, DJ, you know, DJ for the after party. It's like 5,000 people walk, leaving the Grammys, walking down the hallway into this huge production and I am at the helm and then they have two performers, like an old school and a new school. And like the year that it was TLC and, um, and Vogue, like that's my, that's my heart. Right. Yeah. And I get to invite, like a, I've worked it in that, like I get to invite a crew. So like I have my people there, we are all dressed up and it's just, it's just, it's magical. Um, for sure. My best friend is my every year date and That's she's been my great. sister since like, That's grade. huge. But, um, and the fact that it's not yeah. just one time, you just said eight, nine times. I mean, that's a testament. A nine now. Yeah. So that's yeah, a testament. They had it repeated too. more than twice. So like it, Amazing. you know, and, and it's a big production. It's not, it's, huge. it, there's, there's challenges, but like, it's an amazing it's an amazing situation. Shut up. Uh, you know, the, the recording Academy on that. And I, um, I also think doing good morning America. Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially the first couple of times. Cause we didn't have licensing rules. So I could play what I wanted to play within reason. Mm -hmm. Um, until the licensing thing came into play, but like to have my grandma who raised me in Ohio, watching me do my thing on national television for like the number one morning show like that, you know, that's Amazing. everything to someone who like didn't understand why I was moving to LA and, right. and thought I was a little crazy. Yeah. Um, but I also love, like, I love the award season parties where, um, you've got people schmoozing and they're like, you know, gorgeous gowns and, and, and tuxes and suits and, and you, you break them, you know, when you get them and they get sweaty and they get down. And then, you know, you've got a golden globe sitting in your DJ booth cause you're holding on to it for that winner right there. And like, the last four songs are just everybody screaming, like singing at the top of their lungs at the in-style party. Like I, the, those nights were some of my like goosebumps, right. Or, or like, I'm sure like yeah. an artist is in the booth with you, you know, rapping or whatever to their music. Like those, those moments I love. And, and I, you know, yes, you feel like you've, you, you are up in your, your, your career, but like you just, those like give me chills. I, you know, I, we've shut down. Yeah. Yeah. We've shut down like amusement parks or I've played in Disneyland, you know, for a private event. Like that's cool too. You know, like just these, amazing. You're shutting down Hollywood Boulevard for the Terminator premiere. And, and you know, like these like LA, we're just like, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I am from LA here. I grew up in oh, yeah. Hollywood and Santa Monica. So I, yes. okay. uh, yeah, it's weird. This I mean, I grew, up, you know. I grew up here my whole life. It was not weird to yeah. me. You know, that's why it's a different experience growing up here around all this stuff because it's kind of like, whatever, I'm on Hollywood Boulevard and it's dirty and there's nothing here. You know, it wasn't like, um, that's true, I had to get more in, in touch with it later. I think it's, you know, there's something good about it because there wasn't much celebrity shock or like, oh gosh, you know, this is crazy. I'm, I'm, I've never been to LA because I just kind of grew up in it. I grew up right in Hollywood. Um, you know, I was born at Cedar sinai like right there. 
uh, you know, oh on my gosh. <laughs> right by the dime. So was my niece. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Um, yeah. I'm from Youngstown, Ohio. Like, you know, this was just not even in my reality, yeah. but you've got to like keep stepping out of your reality. And, 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 you know, yeah. I say, I say this and I said it on another podcast, like one of my mottos in life was, was, has been, um, um, open yourself up to the world and the world will open up to you. And I really believe in that. But like I pinch my, I've got to, you've got to remember to breathe those bigger moments in. Right. Yeah. Cause I'm nervous before every gig y'all yeah. nervous before every gig, still yeah. nervous before Me the too. dime. Are people going to show up? How's the night going to go? Like yeah. I'm nervous Same. before. And I think that you, you care, you yes. care. And you know, you know that it matters and you care and there's people coming in for an experience and, and there's clients watching and all of that. So, yeah. um, I think that's a beautiful thing, but I like my best friend's really good at the Grammys, you know, cause we get tickets to watch like two thirds of the show and then they pull us, but she'll like, we'll look at each other and be like, like pinch ourselves, you know, like, like we're two girls from Youngstown, Ohio, you know? And it's, yeah. um, you just gotta like try to breathe those moments in because they move so fast and there's so much to them, you know, and your head's thinking about a million things with, with your work. I mean, Kobe passed away the day of the last Grammy thing. And so I'm pulling, trying to download with their bad Wi-Fi like songs to put a, like a little, you know, um, tribute together and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all great insights and something that I've really tried to take into account, internalize and, and bring into my world through the COVID thing and the pandemic is like you said, just appreciating every single thing that we get to do and not using the word have yeah. to do. I try not to say I have to do this because I try to just always switch it to, I get to, because I get to do this. Yeah. These are always things I dreamt of doing and I wanted to do and my goals. And then I get to do them. So even if it's a lot and I'm stressed out or things are happening, you know, I'm trying to make a point of not getting super stressed out. We've all just made it through a pandemic. So if the turntables are not working at the event, I'm going to figure out how to switch to the CDJs. I'm not going to have a heart attack and yell at people. I'm just going to make it happen. And, you know, like there's no point to overly stress at this point. And also just appreciate everything that comes. And if I get to be very busy, mm -hmm. then I'm lucky I'm busy. I get to do all of these things. I yes. get to interview amazing people on this podcast. I get to go prepare endlessly for a gig with the music and it's not the easiest thing yeah. and it's hard and deal with hard things and you know make announcements that are strange but in reality it's a challenge for me to just approach it and try to look at it from a positive standpoint we're so lucky that we get to do this yes. it's crazy so. people and I, I do think people like are like you're so lucky you have the coolest job and I'm like eh, there's still a there's still business behind it right yes. I'm off I'm I'm often envious of people who have management and people who have bookers. Right. Cause I'm like, do they just get to like, I, I know y'all, I know so many DJs, like you, you think about the connections and you think about the relationships, like that's just in you. It's just who you are. But yeah. like, are there people out there that just focus on the creative and like, don't have to worry about this at all? Or, you know, I, I, I am a little envious at times, but I'm also like, we're all workers, you know, like, and we've been around this, this for so long. I, um, but I, there is a business behind it. And I do think like, like I try to say like use social media, don't let it use you. And I know that's so like cliche, but, um, cause it's a time suck, but it is free marketing. And I got yeah. an, I, I went from Blackberry to iPhone only because I had to sell the DJ lifestyle. I had to show that, you know? 
Yeah. So many years ago. Right. So yeah, I'd be, I'd be on Blackberry right now. You got to make sure you have the blue (laughs) bubble when you're in the group chat. (laughs) Can't be the green, uh, right. (laughs) Harder to get green people ruin it for everybody. I'm a voice message person. Like I am a crazy. And when someone pops up as green, I can't leave a voice message. They're out. <sighs> They're blocked me. immediately. <laughs> You're, out. You're out. Not my friend. Uh, well, what about like within? So, okay, you had all these amazing gigs and a, a billion more that I feel like we could go through. How about have you had any really weird ones, like a very strange request from clients or a bad thing where you're like, this did not pan out like I thought it would? Well, you know, I learned a lesson on one of my first gigs. Like, my first gig was Alice and Olivia. And I think off of that gig, I got probably like my third or fourth gig booked off of that gig. So right. he booked me. I have, you know, you bring in two or three crates of records. That's all you got. Yeah. And what I played at Alice and Olivia was like old school hip hop. You know, it was like yeah. super fun. Maybe I had some Prince and Michael Jackson and Madonna or something too. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, um, and I, so I go into this gig, it's at the, it's in the penthouse of some, um, I forget the hotel's name in central in Los Angeles. Yeah. And he was living there while his house got remodeled and blah, blah, blah. And I'm playing. He, first of all, had my brother and my friend who came to help me set up, wait in the bedroom. They weren't invited to be, you know, amongst the crowd. Right. Okay. He has politicians there and stuff, whatever. And you know, I've got two assistants coming up to me and be like, can we do less hip hop? <laughs> Did he hear me play? And that, they're like, can we look through your crates? Oh, <gasps> you know, it's like that. <laughs> and I was like, did he hear me play at the party? They're like, he probably just saw like people having a good time and, um, you know, thought that you were like a cute girl. And I was like, okay. Oh, God. Like, l- like lesson to be learned right now. Cause as yeah. these two girls are going through my crates telling me, can you just play this twice? Play it three times, you know, which was like a no, no to no. me yeah. um, at this chill. It was like a, a, you know, it was like an early evening party. It wasn't anything like crazy, but like, I was just like, Oh gosh, have the conversation about what your client wants. Like musical conversation. 100%. Like yeah. I, it took me a couple of gigs to like really do that. Right. You know, and, and I also was moonlighting. So like I played what I wanted to play. It wasn't my f- first source of income, but when I decided to leave my job, I needed to pay attention to what the clients wanted first, yeah. not what Michelle wanted to play. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that's that. I remember that gig, that gig always sticks with me. Yeah. Um, no, I think yeah. a lot of DJs have to go through that. I, I had the exact same thing too, where you, especially on records. I mean, now more than ever you can do it. And actually, uh, just do a quick plug here that beat source uh, gives you the ability <laughs> to really tackle that problem in a good way. But for real, I mean, that's a, yeah. the cool thing with beat source. I mean, if you want to go do an Afro beats party, the curator of the Afro beats on beat source, D James in London is so in tune with it. You will have the best, most deep, be, you know, Afrobeats crate of your life, you know, and th- they have things like set up, like made by DJs for DJs. So we didn't have that luxury back then. You had maybe a friend that you, that showed you something, but, um, and then even through MP3s, but now being able to implement it. And like, if you take advantage of the beat source link and you're able to DJ off the cloud, it's a cool, it's made me feel going back into things a little bit more confident, even though I've lived through all those times and I'm so ready for any party. Now, 
like before I was paying for title and I'd be like, okay, I got title ready to go just in case, but it was hard to find. But now I know I have, okay. Even if I get in a spot, they have me updated with like, and I'm not just saying this because they are a sponsor of the podcast, but yeah. <laughs> you, you know, the, I'll have all the top 40 or all the new hip hop. I see DJs writing like, I don't know what the new TikTok things are. I don't know what the new hip hop. I'm like, you could just have beat source right there and tap into it. Even if you just use it as a reference, like it's nice for those type of things. I need, you know, I, and, and, and some of the beat source crew knows this cause we've been on some zooms and stuff. Like I'm just, I'm such a, um, if it's, don't, if it's not broke, don't, don't touch it. You totally. know, like I just went on to, to DJ pro when I went on to the S nine. So during COVID I was right. still like, I, I have old operating systems on my DJ computer because you know, to, to make, to make yeah. me be able to use Serato DJ. Um, uh, but you know, I also want to make sure that we don't all sound the same. Like I, I bring that up a lot. Like, like, I, and I want to say that to the young DJs out there. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that, but we, we could run into that uh, issue in any way. And I think a lot of the times yeah. way before any of that, that was happening because people would go out and try to copy what DJ AM was doing or what anyone was doing, you know? Remember, yes. no one played Journey, Don't Stop Believing. Then every single DJ would play it. And different things just come into the DJ culture and, and the way it goes. Yeah. And yes, this um, sort of exponentially pushes that forward. But also, it gives you so many more choices that you could do whatever you want. You could tap into 60s, 70s, 80s, Afrobeats and have access to things that you never would have had yeah. before and figure out a way to put it all together. And also like I heard Daisy talking about it and saying, well, I'm not ready to make the switch. And I think that a common uh, misconception is that you have to switch. To me, it's just another thing. In the same way where Serato, I would still bring four crates of records and then I would have my computer. Slowly, I <laughs> eased out of uh, bringing them yeah. and I would bring two crates, then one crate, then a big huge bag, mm -hmm. then a little stack, you know, as I got more comfortable. But that was the difference of changing from the records. With BeatSource or streaming things, I think that it's just another tool to have in your toolbox that you can use. Yeah. Like when I went and DJed the two events that I did over the past couple of weeks, I had it on deck. I had built some crates in there. I don't think I used it because I had all my stuff ready to go and had a set and I made these edits and I, I had it planned out. Um, but it's just, it, I don't know. It gave me the peace of mind to know. And also for research purposes and yeah. um, stuff like that. I think it's just another tool that you could have if it's something you're open to, you know, but I just noticed that. I, you know, I, I've problem. become more open to different things, <laughs> Yeah, you know, especially through COVID, you know, like we've had to figure it out or, or am I not going to play? You know, am I not right. going to be out there in front of my clients for, you know, and am I not going to connect with people? Um, so I hear you. That was, you did a great job at, at, at getting, getting to my heart on that one. So I, I hear you. Like I need to, I need to take some time to learn this. Like I heard you talking with Miles about organizing and I'm like, it's been 15 months. How is my iTunes not more organized? You know, I mean, and I still caught I, I like, like, I know mine's horrible. And I look back at like, how did I go through 15 months and not force myself every yes. day to do it? And yeah. now I'm back into gigs and I'm like too busy to do it, but I need to force myself to, to organize. I, yeah. When people, I was like, is he going to ask me about books? Cause I literally say, I don't have time to read. I need to organize my iTunes. Like I, it's been a line of mine for years. I know. And 
I have so many folders. Folders. I know. Same. You know, like I, I, I put a, you know, when I walk into a gig, I don't know the first song or the 50th song. I really try to put a folder together based on what the client, you know, has said. Or if it's something close, like if I kind of know it, I know I have a folder that matches it or I'll move between two or three folders. Um, and I, I, I might hear a song on the, in in the Uber or, um, or walk in and like, you know, feel out the vibe when I walk into the space to say what my first song is going to be. And then I really believe in like the journey of the evening, you know, and, and kind of figuring out in the moment, I credit to like the DJs that like really suss it out much, much more. And, um, but I, I just don't work that way, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I have so, a lot of folders. <laughs> yeah. I mean, me too. It's insane. I've been begging, uh, Serato to implement, uh, the ability to search, you know, the playlists and the folders because yeah, I've done so many events at this point And sometimes I'll remember, Oh, that award show in 2015, when that person was there and loved my Motown set and I went crazy and I did this great 50 minute hour long Motown set. I want to find it, but I don't know where it is, but I do remember it was a Netflix golden globe and I'm sure I named it. So I go crazy yeah. trying to find it. Cause you know, you can, I can remember everything by music. Like music is my bookmark of the events and what I did or, or how people reacted at those. So it would help to be able to search um, those a lot. I mean, so what about your music prep and your organization for the gigs? Do you just sort of talk to the client? Obviously from your one (laughs) horrible experience has led you to have a good line of questioning with the event planners and clients of what they want and don't want. Um, And then do you just kind of make some crates? Like I see you on Instagram stories you spend a lot of time. You'll be like at four in the morning, like still going crazy mm-hmm. through the newest songs to the oldest. I'm never done. The exact thing. Yeah, I'm, same. I, I, I take it I'm way blinded. too far, but I'm happy I do. Like just the past two events I did, they're like, how'd you know to play this song? And you played this, that was crazy. Because I, I would rather be too prepared and be a little bit too detailed than just play Usher, yeah, and be like, here you go, you know. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yes. Um, I, I do. I, I'm literally still working on music in the Uber on the way to the gig (laughs) or whatever, you know, like I, I'm never, I'm, I'm never satisfied that I'm prepared enough for better or for worse. I guess I'm sitting, I'm just constantly doing that. Um, I, I also like, you know, if I know someone's going to be at that gig, I try to check out their Instagram page. I yeah. try to find interviews they've done where they talk about music. They like if they're one of the stars of the show or the movie or whatever, you totally. know, like little things like that matter. Um, or try to find, re- I search, I search deep for remixes. I, you know, I play a lot of like old school, good feeling stuff, but like refresh it with a remix and stuff. Yeah. I, I give props to all you guys who are, you know, producing music. It's on my like list of 50 things to do, but I just <laughs> yeah. haven't gone deep on that path. But um, I really do spend a lot of time searching. Yeah, and, finding um, those tasteful remixes. Actually, I went and I saw mm-hmm. you at uh, the flight attendant uh, premiere for HBO. Mm-hmm. And I was impressed by your ability to like, play the high energy music in such a massive space while keeping the um credit i don't know not the credibility but like the essence of the songs together you know so you're playing bulletproof larue or you're playing licky lee but you're playing an up-tempo remix but it's not like some weird one that goes to a sound that sounds like your ears are getting ripped off you know it's still tasteful and fun so i i enjoyed your set there and i was impressed 
by like your selection and the way you put it together with you know the up-tempo remixes but not feeling like some people feel like they're on a big stage and they just have to play big room crap kind of you know yeah no i'm very aware of you know corporate clients and uh what sounds you know you get a hopefully as a dj you get a feel of like oh it's too aggressive you know quick i know quickly you know quickly like what's too aggressive for your clients and what's funky enough you do a lot of big clubs though still too so I'm, i'm sure you know I still download some of that stuff, but I, I have too housey written as comments next to certain songs. Right. If it's getting too, if it's too housey for certain vibes, but then might be right in, you know, in a club or a late night after hours party yeah. or whatever, you know? I know that's where um, I get confused. Cause I'm like, I'm doing some insane. Yeah. Vegas style club in Boston. And then I'm doing a small event and then it's always mm-hmm. so different and then the do over and like, I have to, Mine's just so mm. unorganized, but um, it works out <laughs> so one way or another. I, luckily, I love music, so I'm just constantly finding stuff that will work one way or another. Um, I just, I'm like always scared to delete folders because I'm like, well, if I work for them again, we've already had this conversation. I put this together. I know, you know. Um, I know. That's, I so wish I there was an archive button like in Serato where you have folders and you just push archive and it goes to like a section that's hidden, but you can still search it if you need, but it doesn't take up all yeah. the room of your Serato <laughs> because yeah. like I, I just get lost. It gets paralyzing at some point where there's just too much stuff, especially being up there showing you on a movie screen. You don't want to be scrolling through like, I can't find this. Yes, it looks weird. Yes. <laughs> the other thing is to remember to smile when you DJ, like I, you know, you get yes. straight face and, I think these where you're on a screen at the drive-in or where you're streaming, like people aren't talking and looking at each other and having a cocktail. They are looking looking at at you. you. So it's like even more important to keep this. I recorded, I've got a record today and I've recorded, I got four recordings over uh, four weeks um, for a client. And I watched my first time, my first recording and I played my like hype music beforehand. So I was ready for this 30 minute recording. I was, <laughs> I was playing watch the throne, which I like love that album so much. Yeah. And, um, and I watched my setback and I'm like, not enough energy. I didn't even send it to the client. I'm like, not enough energy. I gotta like, I, I gotta redo this. Like I had to redo it like four days later. Wow. I had time. Thank you. And God. what's that for? Um, You're sending them a video recording of a mix. Sending them a video recording of an uh, audio video mix, and they're do- using it. They're a tech company, and they're doing a stream every Wednesday, like an all day thing. And I'm starting them off every Wednesday oh, morning. Wow. That's for cool. thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're so creative with finding gigs you know what i mean finding a way to make it work um yes. you know what i mean like well, even if you have to record yourself to, to get that booking and then you don't have to worry about the live aspect of it and you can go do something else and that's great i love the live. i would prefer to do live i would prefer to do yeah. live if we can read comments i think if unless it's like a 10 or 15 minute then you don't really have time but like if i have 30 minutes with somebody like tell me what y'all want to hear like let's have yeah. some communication going back and forth i'd prefer to do live but you know, a lot of companies would rather that that's too ner- they're, they're too nervous about it or yeah. they'd rather have it um, preset and everything. Um, yeah, we've been really lucky with some good uh, tech companies coming up. And we just did um, for Nona, we did a recording in my driveway with Bella Fiasco um, and she killed it. And we needed an outdoor space for this one. I mean, I was just on a green screen in a hot air balloon 
with salesforce.org, like flying over the real. world. I, I feel like a lot of the people, people thought it was real on your Instagram because I saw the comments and they were like, no one's ever done that. And I was, and then I had to like zoom in because I was like, I thought it was a green screen. And then I'm like, maybe it is real. I'm like, no, it has to be a green screen because that's insane. People really, I haven't had time to go and like respond to comments, but I needed to on Facebook, like so many people and like back home and stuff were like, they thought I was in that hot air balloon DJing, dancing around in my dress. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's amazing. <laughs> they did a great job on that. That's really cool. And honestly, the and thing that yeah. gave it away to me, because it did look real, was that your computer, I think, was so close to the edge that I'm like, she wouldn't put her computer on the edge of the thing. It would fall off. Like, <laughs> but other than that, I was like zooming in like, it looks great. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it did look really good. I'm living really on the edge good. over here, spider. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, you talk about computer. Uh, I've seen it at nightclubs. Where I don't want it to fall off, let alone hot air balloon. So, <laughs> oh, I mean, we've all had like for the young dude, like the, you know, someone has, I, I remember the one time someone spilled alcohol, you know, on your computer and oh. everything like just starts slowing down. I was at the Chateau Marmont and someone tripped up the steps, red wine, rent right on there. I was like, it's about to end. It's like, we need to get music on. Like it, and then it just needed to dry. I flipped it over and it came back up. Thank like, God. but Oh my God. They bought me a new computer, that client. All right. So that's good. Yes. That worked out. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> just back up your computers. Like, oh, uh, I don't even want to talk Bella about Fiasco. it. You saw what just happened. I know the whole shout DJ community is rallying around Bella's bag. Uh, I know yeah. it's crazy. That's, yeah, that's a horrible thing. Yes, back up your stuff I'm, and don't leave it with the computer that it's backed up with. At least have one at home or something. It's hard. Hindsight yeah. is twenty twenty. I've done that. I've backed it yes. up and just had it with me. So if somebody stole it, I would have been screwed. But at this point, just do it. Even Dropbox, you can back up your whole shit if you want. I didn't know that. Yeah, but, you could do um, it all good, to the cloud good. and just have it fully... And also BeatSource, you can, no, um, but, <laughs> but even with can having BeatSource, well, no, but BeatSource is yeah. like your backup in terms of you can make all your crates on there. And then if it were yeah. to go away, you could use someone else's computer and it could pop up, but you could, but, but a lot of us have our edits and our things. So you could back that up to Dropbox or Google drive or something at this point, you might as well. It's worth the extra, whatever it is a month because it's your entire yes. life. So. Yes, I know. I feel Guys. bad. I feel bad for okay. Bella. That was horrible. Um, but I think she'll get, you know, maybe it'll lead to something good. Sometimes I want to just start my whole thing Listen. over too. <laughs> and and shout out on a positive. Bella's been killing it. Angie V's yeah. been killing it. Like uh, killing it. So, yes. I love it. Love to see them on Twitch. Um, and, I mean, we, the yeah. one other thing that we did, um, you know, we have a DJs Who Lunch. I started a DJs Who Lunch for the ladies. Just because, and I'm sure there's probably some women maybe still watching, um, that, you know, I just feel like this is a um, oversaturated industry. And I wanted us to get to know the person behind the names and, um, and to kind of, you know, get to know each other's personality and break down some of that, that competition a little bit. So uh, we started like a lunch series where we get together. We've had some Zooms during COVID. I'm like thinking about doing in person. We had one with the guys and, and a bunch of y- y'all I came loved out. It. I had so much fun. Yes. I got to know people. And also 
it's so hard in this day and age to get to know people because you feel like you know them through pictures on the internet yeah. and you really don't, you know, and you sort of like, well, can judge, get to the point where you're judging people off their little Instagram story videos or a picture mm. or a, a comment or a caption and you don't know them. We're all humans. And when you sit next yeah. to someone at lunch and you talk to them and you get to know their story or I get to sit with them on the podcast. It's such a different experience. And I think that's really important. And that was actually one of the last things I was going to talk to you about was you, you know, I was going to ask how important is community to you? And I was going to mention that you're very good at bringing different communities together, whether it's the woman collective and it's around uh, the safe space for people or women and uh, DJs within the scene or just all the DJs you've gotten us together on zooms as like the event DJs to talk about different things. And that lunch that yeah. we did pr prior to the pandemic. Um, so yeah, like how important is community to you? What do you get out of it? What's your goal with all of that? I think it's great what you've done with it. You know, I, I think we are not, I know we are not unionized and um, I know that um we're in an oversaturated market and I really just, uh, you know, it's, it's like, I guess a bunch of things came together. Me taking on the role of big sister, um, me wanting to get past, um, some of the female DJs and the competition and, and putting a, 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 you know, human behind the name. And, and then, you know, with the guys, I, I feel like the guys have of, camaraderie and, and relationship too. And so getting us together for that lunch was like, and I, and we had been doing the girls only thing. So I was like, we need to like be inclusive, you know, yeah. and, and we built something, but like, we need to be inclusive and all be connecting. And then, you know, having us, um, on an email during COVID just to like talk about grants and scholarships and, or, um, you know, yeah. loans and grants and, and, um, what's out there and what, what are we experiencing? And, and all that stuff, I think, has been really important. I mean, I tried. I even set up a yoga session for the few people that got on it um, right at the beginning for trying to get the DJs in, into a yoga session, um, a yoga Zoom. But right. I, you know, I, I, I maybe because you know when I was young, I lost my parents at a young age, and so friends became community. Friends, parents became my second parents. Like that's just how I. I've been, I, I went to small Catholic school my whole life. And, and so, and I was always involved with like sports and student union and this, and I ran with the fast crowd and all these different things. Um, so I can, I can, you know, kind of like work between different groups and stuff. And I'm, you know, obviously not an introvert <laughs> for the most part. And, you know, neither, I don't think you are either like, you know, at the core, I'm yeah. sure we both have our moments where we're like, you know, but yeah, um, I like to be alone, but I love being around people. Like now that we've yeah. been able to go back out, I, it's like almost forgot like the energy and happiness I get from being around people and just hearing laughing and, uh, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Like that's, I love New York. You know what I mean? Like I'm from LA, but when I go to New York, you get that energy of just being around other people who are energized themselves and doing things and so many sounds happening. So I have the introvert tendencies but uh definitely do you extra. feel like you should have lived in new york at all yes. do, you, do you ever think that for sure i do too i it's a regret it's one of the few regrets of mine because i'm totally. i'm like i'm not extra in new york like i'm super impatient and i'm you know i can be rude sometimes with my impatience but like in new york that is that is like 
I know. Like, that's so cool. That's fine. Like, they right. don't even <laughs> blink. Yeah. Here, it's like... It's different. Yeah, here's it's a whole different vibe. I love how real people yeah. are in New York and they'll just tell you they don't like you to your face. Just makes things a lot quicker. You're like, okay, now I don't need to talk to you anymore. Here they're like, hi, it's great to see you. I hate that person. You know, you're like, oh, I have yeah, to like yeah, yeah. put all this extra time into talking to someone then we both hate each other. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I always felt that. Right. I mean, I, I thought, okay, yeah. I'm going to move to New York, but didn't uh, didn't happen. But, um, but I have a connection. Like yeah. Yeah, I I just think being, you know, an extrovert and 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 wanting us to be empowered, like I want us to be empowered as as artists, as DJs, as creatives, as professionals like we like I, you know, uh, you know, there's so many times uh, female DJs talk about it a lot. I'm sure men do have it sometimes too. Like you walk into a gig and you're treated a certain way or the sound techs treat you a certain way or whatever it is. And yeah. um, I just, I just want us to be empowered. Um, all of us, all, all the good ones, all the really good, yeah. you know, and, and, and to, and to get, you know, compensated, um, in a way and, and treated in, in a certain way and, um, you know, grow our brands. Um, and so I guess that's kind of why, and, you know, I mean, I think all of us kind of sometimes wait for like the movement or the thing to happen. And I'm like, who's doing it? Like, we got to look, you know, we got to do it. Right. Yeah. So, so no, you're you know, good. And, you're and good at doing letting it. Letting yourself be vulnerable a little bit. Like it's like yes. letting yourself be a bit vulnerable and saying, I'm going to reach out to all these people. Like, I don't know who's going to show up sometimes or, you know, who's going to input, but like people send me beautiful things, like, you know, appreciate appreciation all the time for it. So I'll keep doing it. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing it. And yeah, I didn't, yeah, even that email, you started a huge email chain with all the DJs trying to figure out everything from unemployment to loans to whoever would maybe have a question about something specific in their life uh, in regards to the pandemic Mm -hmm. and everything getting shut down. So, um, yeah, so, and it's almost, you know, nobody has to do that. So uh, thank you for doing that. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on here. I nudged him for a while, y'all. But now you're going to get nudged by a lot of people. <laughs> it's all right. I get nudged by a lot of people. But, you know, we got to, yeah. there's different uh, booking time frames yes. we have for different things yes. and reasons for people we to be We love on. Beat Source. Yes. Yes. But yeah, thank you. Well, oh, I'm so glad that you got to come on. I'm so glad I got to talk to you for this long and even get to know you better, even though we've known each other for yeah. a while. I got to know some of your early isn't stories. It, it, yeah. Isn't it crazy how we're like, you know, I have, I have certain friends that I've been friends with for 10 years, but I'm like, we're always in loud, totally fun parties that I don't know what you do for a living. Like, yep. you know, those, that's like kind of crazy. crazy. Um, you know, I just said that to a friend this week. So, you know, the, like, I, I just think there there's, this is good. This yeah. conversation's good. I hope we keep like getting to know the people behind there. I think that that's something beautiful about the, the Twitch streams. Cause you're getting to know Me the too. DJ's personality. You're we're reading your comments. We know more about, I'm hanging out with people in real life that are, that I did not hang out with before my streams. Right. But like they were on there, they were supporting. You're also seeing who's supporting the DJs. I'm yeah. like, you know, support them back. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, great. Well, I guess, uh, I know you got to go record your set and go do yeah. things, um, uh, before you actually had such great ending statements. So I don't know if you even need to add on to it, but 
Uh, is there any other words of encouragement or advice or anything you want to say to the DJ community listening out there before we get out of here? Gosh, uh, I, I dropped a couple. I mean, you said so much at the end, say, honestly. I yeah. Know. So no pressure. When, um, but um, just I mean, my, my grandma used to always say, like, when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. And I feel like, you know, perspective is everything right now. It's been yes. everything for the past year and a half. and um, you know, being thankful for the work that we do have and, and, and people appreciate appreciation. And I think like yes. moving forward with that, whatever, however small a gesture is, a gig is, or, or, or whatnot, um, you know, or, or us doing things together like this, you know, yeah. I, I appreciate you spider. Um, yeah, so course. I guess those are like some of the things that, that I live by and, um, you know, work, you know, learn the craft, learn the basics, um, put some time in, um, you know, yeah. I think people are hyper impatient. Young people are hyper. Go listen to Gary V. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate his, like, you know, he's kind of like Youngstown to me. Um, mm -hmm. but like take some time to, to learn the basics, to be able to mix and, and uphold the, the, the DJ industry to, you know, don't water it down. Be a yeah. supporter of, of how it started and what it is. Um, and, and there are different types of DJs. I mean, I'm not a true turntablist like others that I like love so much, but like there, there, are, there are different types of DJs, but make sure you can blend some songs together and you're not, you know, crashing yeah. things and, and, and train wrecking and, and uh, train wrecking and, you know, yeah. learn how to take people on a journey just because like there is a difference between a music curator and a DJ for sure. Agree. Yeah. And on that note, no, respect the craft, y'all. <laughs> um, respect the craft. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Michelle Pache. Um, thank you. I said it right, and I will never get it wrong again. <laughs> and um, I guess let them know where they can find you again. Your website, I'm sure, has links to everything. Um, but where can they find you on Instagram and, and online and stuff? Um, I am at DJ Michelle Pache. I, my company's at Nona, N-O-N-A Entertainment. Um, same thing with the websites, if you want to check those out. Uh, my Twitch is DJ Michelle Pache, although I, you know, am not on it as much because I'm doing some real gigs. But I think we'll have some hybrid. You know, yeah. I think we'll be able to stream from some of these cool gigs. And I think it will be, it, people will be really into that too. And, you know, it's giving back to the people who can't be there. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I'd love to do that when it's uh, when it works. Like I, I think at those yeah. drive-in gigs, it was too much pressure and things. And if something went wrong, it was like I can't be streaming at the same time. But eventually, yeah. once we're comfortable and it seems like the right thing, I'd love to do that as well. Yes, we'll have our own boiler room sessions. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm For into sure. it. All right. Well, I will see you hopefully in real life at some point soon. Um, and uh, have a great set. And thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, BeatSource. Thank you, Spider. Yes. Thank you for doing this with the DJs. I appreciate it. Of course. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Okay. Another great episode in the books. Thank you to Michelle Page for coming on the show and dropping all those gems, giving us all that advice and insight into everything she has done. 
Uh, if you guys want me to have any guests on the show or any special topics or anything, hit me up on Instagram at DJ Spider, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R. Thank you guys for listening to the show week after week. The 20 podcast is produced by BeatSource. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.